Welcome to the Left Hook Larry podcast. I'm Greg Checklin and I'll be joined alongside Ewan Chapman. This week we're going to be talking about some of the best boxers in the UFC and we'll also be looking ahead to some of the biggest fights in the world of MMA. like went to go for a run um a couple of days ago and it was that cold and that slippy that i was like running up this big hill that goes into meriden and i was literally just like almost falling over so i just thought what is the point of this um but to be honest oh. in general like my running has has got a bit better but yeah i'm certainly not going to be running um like yeah half marathons or marathons anytime soon yeah it is it is difficult at the minute and it gets a lot better in the summer um, are you going to get your 50 kilometers? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I still should do. Like, I just hope I, I need to warm for the Easter like a little bit. So, um, you know, I could at least not be slippy and stuff, but, and to be honest, I don't actually mind the cold, like running in the cold that much. Um, mm. even like running in the rain, I think is actually like weirdly enjoyable. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Therapeutic. But yeah, it just, it's just like, at the moment, it's that cold that it's it like physically painful to be outside. I like, yeah. took the dog for a walk the other day, it was minus three at like seven in the morning, and it was just like, it just hurt to be outside, and it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. Here's one for but, you, Greg. Uh, yeah. how, does, how does your belly cope when you're running? My belly? Have you suffered from runner's trotters yet? What's that? Oh, well, it just happens to be a condition that, uh, certain people struggle with, including me, where whenever you're on a run, uh, your belly drops literally in your stomach and it's, it's very painful. Oh and uh, let's just say that a lot of bushes at roadside have been decimated as a result. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so scary. I don't know if I want to... <laughs> what? And that's just like, that's just something that happens... What like after you've been yeah, running for a it's while? Like quite or... common with with some runners. I don't, I don't know like oh my god if scary. everyone has it, but I know certain runners struggle a lot. Like me and Ross both struggle, and like we were going for like a fourteen mile run the other day together, and um, like about seven miles in, he was like, "Right, Ewan, let me just go in this bush. I need to go in the bush." <laughs> and I literally was like, "No, no, you know if you go in the bush, we're not carrying on running." So I was like dragging him along the <laughs> dragging oh him god. along the road, forcing him not to poo in a bush. <laughs> oh my goodness well yeah look i mean i'm not i don't think i'm running far enough to be able to get those sort of conditions yet but we'll see the worst i've had is is shin splints and i just need a new pair of trainers so i'm pretty safe at the moment. okay well <laughs> soon you'll need a new pair of pants <laughs> all right no cheers mate <laughs> Moving on to our sort of main topic for this podcast, um, and that is discussing who some of the best boxers in the UFC are. Um, I mean, there are a lot of great boxers in the UFC. Um, some have sort of very different, interesting styles. Some of them more the sort of a classic 
uh, boxing style that would maybe fit into an actual professional professional boxing career. Um, who are your sort of main top picks or who do you mainly think of when we talk about the best boxers in the UFC? You know, I think, are, are we judging it on who who would be best if they transitioned into boxing or whose style is more boxing orientated i mean how are we judging this greg you've got to give me the criteria <laughs> okay so um i'm gonna say if a boxing purist you know maybe like yourself was uh was observing um you know, <laughs> oh, these fighters, <laughs> was observing these fighters who would you look at and say that technique is you know not flawless but you know very very good and you know if they were to only have to use their hands okay yeah maybe that's maybe that's one way to put it if it was just purely boxing and they were fighting each other who would win in out you know a sort of a boxing ufc tournament okay okay that makes that makes it a bit different then um i think you know there's a few obvious my uh obvious names that come straight to head and we see one fighter that mainly uses his hands and you know he's very devastating especially recently and that's obviously got to be max blessed holloway um it's just the pure volume of strikes and i feel that now he's started to mix up the variety of shots as well that he's thrown with his hands and it just mm. as you saw against calvin cater he can hit you from from anywhere with his hands and he it's just so much pressure so for me i'd probably stick max holloway in there as Maybe the number one boxer, apart from head movement. I'd say mm -hmm. in terms of offense, I'd, I'd probably go for Max Holloway. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, just talking about Max there, I think one thing I really love that he does is the way he sort of marches forward. Very similar to, to Canelo, and obviously when we were talking about him last week, um, the way he sort of marches forward, but actually just sort of gets out of the way, um, you know, just sort of leans back far enough. In general, of course, he does get hit, a, a, you know, a fair bit as well. Yeah. But in general, he just leans back just enough to sort of stay in the pocket or stay in range or just out of their range and just in inside his range. Um, and that makes him such a difficult guy to, to face because he's always in front of you and yet you still can't really hit him. Um, so, you know, it's a really, really difficult thing to face. Um, I guess the, the main counter argument to that would be, you know, how he fought against Dustin Poirier. Um, oh, and I think you obviously go, Greg. Dustin Poirier is, is, you know, one of the guys that's got to be talked about, um, you know, near enough the top of this list. Um, yeah. Certainly yeah. the power, you know, and, and of course, you know, it, boxing power is sort of, you know, of course it's a, a massive factor in boxing and, um, you know, judging it on sort of pure boxing ability i think power has to come into it as well um mm -hmm. and yeah certainly poirier comes very very near the top of that list in terms of you know pound for pound power uh so and IQ. Um, yeah absolutely yeah he, well he's been in the game for for so long now and god he's one of them fighters who i think over the years has just grown and grown and grown and just slowly got better and, and used his losses to to make him a, a much better fighter and um you know i can really really commend him for that yeah uh I, I think that's a good shout and you know judging from the fight that he did have with max holloway where you know it was almost a bit of a 
a boxing battle at times. Um, yeah, he's he's got that he's got that fight IQ, which would definitely do him justice in hmm. just a boxing match. Um, yeah, you know who we're missing here, Chags? Go on, the BMF, <laughs> Jorge Masvidal. Obviously, hmm. you know that backyard boxing. That hmm. is is it beatable? Is it beatable? Well, that man's tail a, knockout. I mean, yeah. Jesus. That I mean, that was, was with special. a knee, which isn't particular. Oh, wait, was that with a knee? Oh, the uh, Ben Askren fight was the the knee. Knockout. Oh no, yeah, Ben Askren yeah, fight was the, the, the knee. The, was, oh uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Till was the um, left hook, was it? Oh, was it a left hook, Larry? <laughs> it could have been a left hook, Larry. <laughs> we, we might have to check that. But uh, yeah, well, okay. even in the in the Nate Diaz fight, it was just a absolute clinic wasn't it it was scary it is you know again that's against somebody who um you know has great boxing himself nate diaz um and that was just amazing the way he uh he bought he outboxed yeah. him that fight and um yeah again his power very very scary yeah and i think a lot of people would make an argument for nate diaz to be in this list i mean would would you agree with that? Uh, for me, I'm thinking mm. Nate Diaz just gets hit too much, and yeah, he's just durable. And, and he's it's, incredibly durable. And a lot of slaps in his shots. Yeah, that, that annoys me. To be honest, I don't get it. Like it's just a waste of energy. But I guess he, he has great cardio, so he's probably not really yeah. worried about that. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, one actually one name which I actually came to my uh, came to my thoughts. When I was thinking about this, and it's a it's a bit of a left field, so I'm, I might shock you here, but I think that Calvin Gastelum has some of the best boxing Ooh. that I've seen in the UFC. Um, I mean, looking back on his fights, I mean, obviously the main fight we're thinking about recently, and, and obviously this is pretty uh, important because he is fighting this weekend as well. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets along. You know, he's not really fighting anybody, but. Um, you know, it would still be interesting because sort of forgetting that Till fight, which was a bit of a nothing fight, really. Um, yeah, not a lot happened. But looking back, you know, that Bisping knockout, again, Bisping, great boxing. And the mm-hmm. way he just sort of steps back and delivers that one-two is like, it's just the pure boxing technique. I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that, that's legit. Um, and then yeah. look at what he did against Izzy, you know, probably the best out and out striker in the UFC um, was able to close a distance where he had such a disadvantage in terms of reach. And, you know, he he's probably been, well, I'd say he has been Izzy's biggest test, you know, throughout his career. Yeah. So, um, no, it's, it's certainly it's, a shame. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just obviously a shame with his, with his discipline in terms of keeping weight. Um, you know, I don't know where he would have been. You know, maybe he would be champion. But, yeah, that's definitely a name which, which you know, I came up with and I thought, oh, yeah, actually, he does have brilliant boxing. Yeah, and that's the thing for me as well is he does have the great boxing, but he loves the burgers a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. And if, if he laid back off that and, and focused more, and as well, like, I feel just boxing especially is such a cardio-driven uh, sport when you're just in there and throwing high intensity shots. Could Calvin do say a, a 12 three, three minute rounds? Probably with his current discipline, I'd say not. Mm. 
yeah it's a difficult one um yeah it's just oh, almost like feels like he needs a new trainer and someone to just say you know or just get his weight right first um or move yeah. up or do whatever but i think in terms of raw raw boxing ability um yeah it's a difficult one really um yeah. but i think he is definitely right up there and sort of speaking about power of course Francis Ngannou is somebody that you tend to think about. And I thought about Francis and I thought, well, you know, would he trouble any of, say, like, you know, the big heavyweights? And of course, you know, you might say, well, you know, he'd he'd lose to Fury, he'd lose to Joshua, whatever. But put him in there with someone, let me say, Eric Molina. Give me some names. Eric Molina. And, 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 and And if you can basically agree that he would beat Eric Molina, then you have to sort of also agree that he would be good enough to say win, you know, a national or, you know, an an American or, I don't know, whatever continent title um, that he'd be representing. Um, And then you're sort of thinking, well, with a few more years' experience, then he would be good enough to fight for world titles. So it's a bit of a difficult one as to, like, where you would place him in the rankings if he were to fight as a boxer. No, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you that he's got that power, which would make him always dangerous against really any fighter in probably any combat sport. Um, and I, I think questioning who he could be in boxing is interesting, and yeah, that's that's the thing for me as well. You can't give him any of the top heavyweights because I don't think he can beat them. But then trying to think around what levels can he beat—that I think that's it's quite interesting. David Price. <laughs> yeah. I don't think David Price yeah. could take his power. No, I think um, you'd probably have a good chance against David Price at this point, though. <laughs> I think you do too as well, Jags. Oh, yeah, just blow. There's a blow um, on him and he'll fall over. Have you seen um, what's he called? Richard Larty. Um, he I've fought name, Fabio yeah. Wardley. He fought um, Daniel Dubois. He fought um, Joe Joyce. And yeah, 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 yeah. I've I, seen I, his think, name. I think he might be from uh, the Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, just around that kind of stepping stone level. And I think that would actually be, you know, he's he's very powerful guy and big and gases, probably the same as um, Ngannou would. And I, I think that could actually be quite an, an interesting little <laughs> yeah. fight to actually see yeah. how good um, Francis could be at heavyweight. Because, he's, I mean, Lati's the kind of guy that all these top British prospects mm. are beating at the minute. So... You know, I'm, I'm chucking one out there if uh, yeah. if Eddie Hearn wants to make it. Yeah, well, it'd be good sort of a yardstick, wouldn't it, to sort of see what this is where he is. Um, I think yeah. it's sort of difficult to imagine that he wouldn't win. But, of course, you know, boxing's a different game. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I, I certainly couldn't see him, I mean... If he goes past four rounds, I couldn't see him having any effect against anyone mm, in, within the top 20 of boxing. But I think, you know, inside one or two rounds, I'd say the, from below the top 10, he could have a chance. I'd say anyone in the top 10, probably yeah. not. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's a shame. I mean, maybe with all sort of crossover events, we will sort of get that eventually. I know boxing is something which, you know, he wanted to do before. Uh, do it getting into MMA so um, I think yeah maybe one day we will see that 
Well, <laughs> potentially, potentially. And um, here's another one for you, Greg. This this is um, the number one name that came to my head as soon as I thought about this. And I don't know if it's because I saw his videos watching um, sparring Lomachenko. And obviously Lomachenko wasn't going full out on him. But, you know, TJ Dillashaw. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of the sauce. He's got a little bit of the sauce, but mm. he's obviously got a bit of the juice as well. Yeah. Um, he, he, he covers ground really well. He moves really well. He could be a very good boxer if he just focused on it as opposed mm. to focusing on everything as a, um, as a whole. And I think... Mm. Can we chuck him in there in the top five of, of best boxers in the, in the UFC? I mean, look, potentially. I think he has a sort of like a weird um, sort of pattern, doesn't he? Like a footwork pattern that he does that is quite repetitive. And I just wonder, like, mm, would boxers figure that out? You know, like someone with a very good fight IQ, um, you know, who, who's been boxing for years and years would probably look at his like, you know, footage of him boxing or him in the octagon and, and think, oh, actually, yeah, I could sort of time my shots and, you know, know when he's coming in and out of his of his little range and the little dance he does. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that could be something which he might struggle with. And then, of course, with that sort of weird footwork comes a lack of efficiency, I think, um, you know, that if he's not going to be doing EPO, um, he's going to have to last 12 rounds with somebody who... Um, you know, has amazing cardio for boxing. So that would be something which I think he may struggle with a little bit. Okay. Okay, Greg, you've, you've put me in my place there. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave you alone. And now I'm going to come back at you. I'm going to come back at you with, if you could make any boxing UFC crossover fight, what would you make? Oh my goodness. Go that, Tell me. That, was a cool, that definitely put me on the spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Boxing, yeah. If, if you need me to go first, because I I had a little think about one, and I think this this could work. All right, you you, you go first then. Okay, okay. So here I am, I'm Oscar De La Hoya, oh, and I'm trying to make a big fight. So, how's this for you, Ryan Garcia, the Wonder Kid, mm -hmm. 135 pounds at the minute, but obviously he's got plans to move up. Max Holloway, 145 pounds. Good boxer. Obviously, then Max has the weight advantages, but Ryan Garcia's got the the boxing skill advantage and obviously the harder punch. That could be a tasty little crossover fight. What do you think about that? I'm thinking what happened to Dustin Poirier or what happened in the Dustin Poirier fight and Max Holloway fight would happen, but 10 times worse. <laughs> To be like Max wow. is good, but he's not that good. And you know, against someone like Ryan Garcia, I don't think you can afford to get hit, you know, like he does. Um, and yeah, I think he would just struggle with the power, absolutely. Um, yeah, not a good matchup. I'm gonna, oh, yeah, that, that was a yeah, very, you know, what you, when you said you were Oscar de la Hoya, that was very, uh, that was very telling because you just made that you made a sort of Oscar de la Hoya style matchup there. Really, <laughs> with with your fighter versus somebody, where they're, they're going to just steamroll. What about what about in, what about if it was in in MMA then? <laughs> wow, that's just 
That's the problem, but isn't it, really? Ryan Garcia is a young guy. We give him two years, and then they fight in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit closer then, but, I mean, not really. I mean, the, the problem... <laughs> the problem <laughs> The problem is always like there's no format that is completely equal for for both sort of sides because of course if it's just boxing the box is going to win and if it's you know MMA then um, you know that the UFC fighter is going to win so you know it's a, it's a difficult one like you wish you could sort of do a bit of a mixture but I don't know it's it's, it's a weird one. Well, but, Greg, yeah. I was just trying. I was just trying to do my best there. And <laughs> now I feel slightly downhearted. I think you'd have to basically take somebody who was almost only boxed in the UFC, like Conor McGregor, you know, versus Mayweather, but actually match McGregor with somebody that he had a, has a chance against because you know nobody can beat Mayweather. So, um, yeah, I think that's what you'd have to do. That's the best sort of way of doing it, and you know, I think that's why Francis fighting someone um you know in the sort of maybe top 20 heavyweights would be a really good fight and a really close fight yeah so 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 give me the fight give so, me the fight give me the the fight that well, you want yeah, to see so that that <laughs> okay so i would take i'm going to take francis Ngannou. <laughs> And I'm gonna put him against Derek Chisora because <laughs> I think that'd be so fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> that'd be so fun. I don't know why. I just think that'd be so close. Oh, and like, I just don't think that Francis can knock out Derek. I don't know if anyone can. You know, well, I guess yeah. uh, White well, did. But, Dillian White, yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> Dillian White did. But yeah, he's so durable. I just, I don't know. I just yeah. love to see that. I think it'd be like, yeah, just a perfect timing and. No, um, that would be an interesting fight. Yeah. That would be an interesting one. Yeah. See, that, I was I was playing Eddie Hearn's role there, and you were Oscar De La Hoya, definitely. So I, I made the fight well, that the fans wanted to see, and you just made the sort of Ryan Garcia. One of us has to be controversial, Chag. One of us has to be controversial. Okay. So one thing I'm actually excited to talk about, which is not happening in the world of UFC. Uh, is the light heavyweight tournament that's happening in Bellator. Um, all of a tournament. I think it should, well, I think the UFC should do tournaments. I think it makes it really exciting. And I think one of the things that a tournament does is it takes away all this sort of politics that you get with the ranking system, which at times seems to be a bit of a popularity contest. And, and it just comes down to pure talent and, you know, letting the best fighter win. So, absolutely love this idea obviously it's not the first time they've done a tournament um but undoubtedly the standout fight in that first round of this light heavyweight tournament is anthony johnson rumble johnson versus yoel romero um wow i mean this is like one of those fights that you know definitely a sort of dream fight that we, we would have had for uh sort of wish we could have had in the ufc um yeah, what what did you think when you saw this? Oh, Greg, uh, that this one got me going. This one got me going a little bit. <laughs> this is the kind of fight that we just love as fans because it, it's, it could go so many different ways and the way we really hope it goes is just a war and the battle of two absolute freaks of strength. And I just, I, I think, I hope 
it's going to be a massive clash and they're just going to scrap it out. Um, the only worry is, though, that we know that Yoel, in, in big fights where sometimes we get a bit excited, he, he just likes to sit back and not mm-hmm. do a lot. And, you know, that could happen on this one. And and that's a bit worrying. But I feel that Anthony, Anthony Rumble Johnson is just going to go for that knockout. He's not got any ring time in in what over two years now um so you got to think that he's just going to be going in there and wanting to get the job done and get out of there um so i i just hope to see to see something really exciting what do you reckon yeah definitely um god it can't be a, a great fight probably rumble johnson was thinking oh you know they give me a sort of a nice easy fight to come back to and then it's uh Yoel Romero and you know thinking about the fact that his last fight before that was Cormier it's like Jesus they need to give this guy a break um but look I really I, I, I actually don't like Romero as a fighter at all um obviously oh, okay. there's always a sort of well Look, the thing with Romero is there's always this prospect or the, the, the sort of potential for there to be a, a massive explosion of power um, and everything else and sort of the, the, the pure strength that he has. But, I mean, how often do we see it? I mean, like, really when it comes down to it and, look, of course I'm going to be watching this fight and I'm going to be on the edge of my seat and, you know, I'm hoping, I'm just praying that Romero says, screw it and I'm going to go for this. But he really just needs someone to come at him because he's obviously shown now in, in quite a few fights that, you know, unless he's pressured himself, like in the Costa fight, he's pretty happy to just stand there in his stupid, like, soldier of God pose mm. um, and pretty much just waste, you know, he's pretty much, I would say, I guess wasted is a strong word, but he's been given three title shots by the UFC and... Mm you could say he definitely didn't make the most of them. Um, you know, lost to Whitaker twice, you know, I guess they were close fights. Um, but yeah, definitely in the, uh, the Izzy fight. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Um, so look, I'm just hoping that he goes for it. Um, because obviously the prospect is that, you know, Johnson sort of really wants to take his time. He stays on the outside and Romero's like, come at me, come at me. And then we get that for, you know, however, however many rounds it will be. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that. But look, fingers crossed that he goes for it. And we see fireworks that we, we obviously want in this fight. No, and that's the thing with Romero that I think you've pointed out perfectly is is that sometimes he has to decide whether he wants to be an ornament or he wants to be an instrument. <laughs> and, you know, oh, this is wow, something I've... What a poet. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, this is the mindset I've always <laughs> gone into with my training is that you can look as good as you want, but it's the way that your body functions and the way that you put the power into your shots and the, you know, the damage that you do. And that's the thing. Sometimes your Romero just likes to stand there and look like a god because let's be honest, he does look incredible. He mm-hmm. looks like he was chiseled out of bloody rock and granite. <laughs> but I want to see yeah. the Yoel Romero that, that you know, decimates people and smashes down mm. big buildings because he's a big old lump. Yeah, I think um, in that same way, I sort of respect 
Rumble Johnson because he has sort of proved that he's willing to to go for it in fights. And, you know, I guess apart from that last fight with Cormier, which was just, I don't even know what that was, just a strange, strange fight where it looked like he sort of really didn't want to be there. Um, but other than that, you know, he's proved that he he's willing to sort of, you know, to mix it and, and you know, is sort of not a, afraid of getting finished himself if that, you know, to sort of try and finish someone else. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of hoping that he keeps that mentality and, um, you know, he does actually want to be there and he's not just there for a paycheck. Um, but, look, we'll see. Um, I guess a normal thing to do in this fight would be to look at, the the ages of each of the fighters but i feel like you just doesn't really he's a bit of an outlier in that in that respect doesn't he the fact, the fact he's 43 doesn't seem to really mean a lot when you look at his physical conditioning right um, you were criticizing yeah. pacquiao last week what's going on here <laughs> i know i'm ageist obviously but i mean 43 like oh my goodness um and the fact that rumble is you know He's 36. I mean, he's probably in his prime, you'd say, for a sort of light heavyweight heavyweight. So, yeah, I mean, in that in that respect, he should be in his, in his physical prime. Um, but, look, all I'll say is that go back and look at Romero's record. And actually, when you look at the people he's beat, it's not the same caliber, I wouldn't say. Um you know, in the sort of big fights, he, he does tend to sort of shy away and and not really go for it. And that's a shame. I mean, yeah, beating Chris Weidman um, and beating, um, what's the name, Luke Rockhold is, is not, to me, that's not the sort of, you know, whether that even deserved title shots is, is another question. But there you go. Well, I think that's controversial because 2013 Weidman and Rockhold were the pillars of the middleweight division checks are you forgetting the past of course yeah but that i mean look at weidman and rockhold since really well rockhold since bisping and then weidman since well literally any fight after uh, anderson silver really so um yeah it's just i'm not saying they're you know they're not notable wins but really when you look at romero's record and then even sort of the split decision versus uh jacare Souza. Um, you know, in the sort of big, big fights, he very rarely turns up and says, yeah, I'm here. You know, unless, you know, I have to sort of commend the way he fought against Costa. That was so entertaining. But of course, that was largely because Costa pushed him back and actually took the fight to him. Um, so look, we can just hope that that Rumble decides to do the same. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope and pray. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's probably where we'll leave it for today. Um, oh, have you told people to um, to subscribe and bloody like and review? Okay. Well, if you haven't, here's a warning from you and the Terrier Chapman that if you don't like, subscribe, review, everything else, then Chegs is going to come for you. And <laughs> I've seen what he does to people. Mm. He's a deadly man. And he yeah. loves a rear naked choke. And usually yeah. he's naked whilst he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that white belt really comes in handy in, uh, in the street fights that, you know, <laughs> I'm notorious for. <laughs> oh, Lord. He knows how to use it. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. 
Okay, right. well, yeah. If you haven't, <laughs> give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, please do. Um, a like on YouTube would be helpful. Anything you can give us. Uh, of course, hit the follow button as well on Spotify. That would be really, really good. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Surah. Thank you very much for listening to the Left Up Larry podcast. We'll be trying to put a podcast out every single week. I hope you have a great day. Thank you.